<laughs> is that your double dragon laugh? No, more dra- double dragon <laughs> is like. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 171 of the TriGames.net podcast. It is April 17th. It is one week after the explosive party that I threw at my place and my voice is still kind of jittery from it. Al is still falling asleep in front of the TV and Pete wasn't there. Uh, oh, wait. Was that, is that my introduction? Uh, It can be. That's Pete. Hi. That fucking Al- sucked. <laughs> Al's on a horse. I'm on a horse. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. And Wait, what, what episode is this? One seven one. Got to put that in the tweeter. In the tweeter, yes, yes. We are tweeting that yeah. we are recording episode one seventy one of the TryAgains.net podcast on April seventeenth. I'm putting on the retweeter. Uh, retweeter, yes. And uh, I have opened up the avenues for question asking, so it's not only the mailbag, but you can hit up our Facebook group uh, as well as uh, the tweeter. Just e Twitter. Us individually, I am at Mr. Chupon with an O, not the number zero, as is my other things are zero, and this one's an O, because no one had it, thank God. Uh, Pete is at Riven, R-Y-V-V-N, and Al is at Dreadmage, which is D-R-E-D Mage. So, yeah. Or how about D-Red Mage? D-Red Mage, yeah. No, because I like it Doctor. Doctor Ed Mage. (laughs) Doctor Ed Mage. It's like Mr. Ed with... It's Mr. Ed with a with a stethoscope, and then he's also a mage and a horse. Right. And peanut butter in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, and so today we are going to uh, talk a little bit about this crazy-ass Infinity Ward shit. Um, and then there was some stuff that I missed from last week that uh, Al begged me to answer on Gmail chat, and I said, Oh, all right, just because you're a gentleman, just because you're a gentleman and a scholar, I will humor you. And then if we have time, we're going to try to finally get to this stupid-ass storytelling and games thing that we tried to talk about two weeks ago. Three weeks? Four weeks ago? Uh, but I don't think we will. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, as usual, we will start off with all the stuff that we have been putting into our consoles or PCs or portable platforms and playing. Pete? <laughs> okay. Um, so speaking of peanut butter, I ate oh, some geez. peanut butter the other day. No, uh, Nuts and milk? What? With milk? No. Huh? Milk and nuts? <laughs> Whoa, milk and nuts. Nuts and No, milk. I actually, I, I didn't want to use, we we have a little bit of bread left, and so I didn't want to use the last couple uh, pieces of bread in case Desiree wanted a sandwich the other day, so I just put peanut oh. butter and marshmallow fluff and jelly into a mug and mixed it all up and ate oh. it with a spoon. Oh! oh. My God. Wait, first And off, drank you... beer with it. Wow! Oh. Wait, 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 like... wait, wait. First off, let's clarify this. You put fluff and jelly... With the peanut yeah, butter? Yeah, if I make an actual peanut oh. butter and jelly and fluff sandwich, I put it all on there with the bread. You actually would make a peanut butter, jelly, and fluff sandwich? Yes, it's really I, good. I usually have one of the two. That's what everyone seems to fluff. say. I, I, I don't would get that. Well, here's the thing. I would do that, but I would put it in a sandwich simply because I need the bread to kind of yeah, I learned mellow that out after the... The, the diabetic nature <laughs> of it. Super Laser Racer is an exciting combat game. Ooh. 
I'm looking at all these $5 games on Steam that are scrolling by. I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to buy. There's a game I'm interested in on Steam that just came out on the 15th. It's called something. And it's like Audio Surf, but it's a shooter. What is it called? Keep going, Pete. Hey, Al, what have you been playing? Are you talking about Al or me? Wait, what? Pete, who's talking? You've been playing. The I know. He just said, "Al, you keep going." By the way, um, I said, "Pete, you keep." Al said, "You keep going," and then I said, "Pete, what you been playing?" No, you said, "Al, what you been playing?" I did. Yes. yes. Pete, what you been playing? Okay, so for real game stuff, <laughs> um, I played the uh, the demo of uh, well, I guess multiplayer beta or whatever the fuck they want to call it, a blur on the 360. Oh, nice. And yeah, that game is super fun. Uh, it's it's basically like Wipeout with cars, uh, although. The way it works, it's a you know a multiplayer racer. Um, you're in cars, and I think they're real cars. I'm not sure. I don't know cars, but they sound like real car names, so I don't know. Um, but uh, you, um, yeah, like it's got a real clean look and stuff, and it reminds me a lot of Wipeout and its visual aesthetics. It's like super neon and cl- like like I said, like very clean visual aesthetic. But the actual gameplay, in a way, kind of reminds me more of Mario Kart. Because there's like like Wipeout Mario Kart, there's uh like weapon or power up pickups throughout the track, and um unlike Wipeout where the power ups can just slightly adjust like I don't think in I don't think in any of the Wipeout games there was really any power ups that could like drastically alter the race like get you from like last to first really quickly. Yeah, there as far as I remember. As far as I remember, there were not. Yeah, like, like I mean, I played a lot of Wipeout like games. Like, nothing and, like a blue shell. Right, like, Wipeout really did require a lot of skill. Um, whereas, like, in a game like Mario Kart, yeah, you get the blue shell, even the red shells and stuff. Like, they help you get from the end to the front really quickly, or if you're in front, to drop to last really quickly. And this has that same kind of, like, rubber banding type of thing, where, like, uh, you can go from first to last in a, a split second. Um, yeah. So, uh, that I don't really like. I kind of wish it was more based on skill. Um, but... It's still just a lot of fun, and there are varied modes. It's not just straight, like, uh, you know, multi-lap track racing. There's, like, a demolition derby style mode, or, like, a, you know, Twisted Metal style or whatever. It's just, like, an arena, and you pick up the weapons, and you're blasting the shit out of other cars and stuff. Um, and it takes a mechanic from Burnout Revenge where it gives you a rival, and you get more points for, like, focusing on them. Um, and, uh, yeah, the game, like, uh, the game's just fun. The only thing is that... I kind of wish, like, based on this multiplayer demo I played, I kind of wish they just would release either what they have or maybe just, like, a few extra tracks or something as, like, a downloadable game for, like, 20 bucks, 30 bucks even maybe I pay for it. But I don't want to pay $60 for the game. I know I'm not going to be interested in the single-player, uh, like, race campaign, whatever. Um, the multiplayer is fun, but, yeah, I don't want to pay 60 bucks to just play multiplayer every once in a while. So I kind of wish that developers would start, like... Start exploring other uh, avenues to distribute their games. Like, why can't they split off multiplayer and single player or whatever, like, and just do them as downloadable content or something? I don't understand this. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I I mean, I have a feeling the game's not going to do too well because they're... Is, I, is this a bizarre... Before going, is this Bizarre Creations? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You, you know, who has a reputation for, like, kind of right. downloadable games. I mean, yeah, they, uh, they did... Um, which was a Project Gotham Racing? Project Gotham, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, is a is a decent game and everything, but even that doesn't hold up to some of the other, like, racing games in the genre. It's not considered... I mean, it's considered top tier, but it's not, like, you know, one of the best. Um, well, not anymore. I mean, at yeah. the time that 3 came out, it was. Well, yeah, that's because it was, you know, what launched with 360, and it, like, was 
pretty much one of your only options. Um, yeah, but it was also it, it it would have also I think it would have earned the mantle had it come out with some other racing shit like. It, I don't as know. Far I think as... if like a burnout game and or or and or a Forza game had come out at the same time, like in that same time period, that Project Gotham Racing would have just gotten buried and no one would have cared. I don't know. I, I'm talking about quality though. It yeah, it looked good, but I mean, like having played all of them, like I really like what the and it's basically a what was that Dreamcast game called Al that that was a predecessor Metropolis Street Racer? Um, was it to- Tokyo? Tokyo Highway Battle? You mean? It was the one with the kudos points. I think it was MSR. Kudos points I've never heard of. Oh, okay. Well, what it was, you're talking about, you're talking it was basically was it the predecessor. Racing to... Syndicate? No, no, definitely wasn't that. <laughs> I don't even know. It was know. basically <laughs> the predecessor to Project Gotham. And I, I, I'm just saying that, like, I think it had a different enough spin on it, and it was a quality racing game that, you know... And again, I'm talking about t- uh, quality, not necessarily um, public appeal. You know what I mean? Wait, Question. That game. Answer. What was the mechanic of the racing game? The kudo system was basically kind of a a point scoring system that you got to accumulate by doing drifts, by doing three sixties, by doing kind of kind of like a sort of like burnout in that it it, it rewarded you for stunts, um, but it was also it was also like kind of a an in between in between arcade and sim, so it wasn't super like assholeish to you. Mm-hmm. So people could pick it up, but you also couldn't just careen around corners and stuff. And I personally like that a lot because it kind of eased me into a more realistic driving style without kind of like shooting, you know, slamming me in the head. Uh, you know? yeah, I've never and here comes this. the cat. Hello, cat. Mirror. <laughs> Sorry. Keep talking. Um, yeah, well, I, I played I've with the cat. Played this, and it's definitely not related to Choose Oklahoma Highway Battle. Anyway, uh, back to my <laughs> point about Blur. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, I like I said. I just think it would be, it would do better if it was just a smaller downloadable game. I mean, you know, Wipeout did it on PS3 with uh, you know, Wipeout HD, and it seemed to work pretty good for them. Um, I think Microsoft, because uh, Bizarre Creations is owned by Microsoft, right? Uh, I will look that up. Keep talking. I'm pretty sure they are, since all their stuff is exclusive to my to you know 360. And could be a, I mean, could so, be a second party, maybe, because I know that this stuff does come out on PC, but none of their stuff has ever been on PS3. Um, I'm pretty sure Blur is not. Oh, oh it's wait. a subsidiary of Activision. Blur is going to be on PS3. That's right. So fuck Bizarre me, never mind. Is, yeah, it's a subsidiary of, of of Activision. We're going to be PSP. We're going to be iPhone. You're right. I'm totally stupid. Anyway, did uh, you hear still, that, Pete? What? That it's a subsidiary of Activision. Okay. No, I was just saying. I was. Just, I just said it. I didn't know if you heard it. Oh yeah, I heard it. Okay. Fuck Activision. No, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, other games that I've played. Uh, what what the fuck else? Oh, I played some Splinter Cell Conviction, um, which is I don't know. I'm bad at stealth games, so and I played pretty much all the Splinter Cell games at least a little bit, and I've never been very good at them, and I never even really liked them that much. So I don't know why I decided to try this game, <laughs> but it's new, so I was like, I'll fuck it, I'll give it a shot, and it's really not anything like the other Splinter Cell games. This is a lot more uh forgiving. I'll say yeah. It's this is what I've experienced with the demo. Yeah, um, you totally can just like run and blast your way through a level. Uh, I mean, there, I, I made it up to a point in the game where it did present a level where at least for the first half of the uh, of the of that level, you couldn't uh, just be all gung ho. You kind of had to be a little bit stealthy and attack some people in the shadows of this like like in dark areas of a theme park type area. Um, and so that part was annoying because I kept fucking up on that and. 
like, uh, yeah, I'm just really bad at stealth. Uh, but you suck. The game itself is, uh, I don't know. It it doesn't seem like it's to me. It doesn't seem like it would appeal to people who really really like Splinter Cell or what it was before, because it is kind of too easy now. Um, and the story, I I don't know. I I don't really follow. I've never followed the Splinter Cell story, so I don't know if this is considered good or bad or just like like you know if if any of the story has ever been anything relevant to the games. Um, but yeah, sort of, not really. Okay, it seems really random in this game because like. I don't know if they're just trying to fill in a lot of random backstory for Sam Fisher or if this is stuff that's actually happened to him, but you start off, and this isn't a spoiler because it's been talked about, but I guess, and it's from previous games, his daughter or something was killed in a car accident. Oh, no, spoiler. Oh, no, it's not a spoiler. So he's all, like, pissed off about it, and, like, he left third echelon or whatever, and he's all, like, you know, I I don't want to do this anymore type of thing. I'm too old for this shit. Um, Which he is. Yeah. And then he, like, gets dragged back in by, I guess, somebody who he's worked with before. Like, and it totally starts out Matrix style. I'm going to be spoiling a little bit here. but it's, it's, Don't it's, spoil it, please. It's early. It's, like, the first I thing. I don't care. Because I haven't played Double Agent either. I haven't played anything. <laughs> but isn't this a reboot? Like, I was reading Penny Arcade from yesterday. And Taika was saying that it was, like, a, a reinventing of the franchise. But game I don't wise, know. It's just, yeah. just game-wise. But story-wise, game-wise, it's still a continuation. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. It is. Okay, I'm going to say something, but it's not spoiling anything because I'm not going to use any character names. Then you just but... play demo anyway? or No, I play, I oh. play the actual retail game for like oh, uh, a couple hours. Austin um, played the demo. I, was I played s- the demo only. I just want to say, it's, it starts out oh, very geez. Matrix-y where somebody is like, because I just said like Sam Fisher's all like, I'm not part of this anymore. And someone's all like, people are coming for you. You have to follow my directions precisely. And it's like very Matrix-y and stuff. And then it just gets it pulls him right back into the world. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so then I just ran, like, ran through a few levels and kept fucking up the stealth areas and getting caught and just shooting people in the face, and even my girlfriend who was watching was like, wow, you're really bad at this game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Des. <laughs> um, she's not here, and she wouldn't hear Aww. you anyway. Uh, Aww. but yeah, so, like I said, I don't know if people who were into Splinter Cell games would like this. I mean, I found it enjoyable for the few hours I was playing it, just because it was something to do, but... Again, it's not a game that I would spend sixty dollars on, and I'm finding that more and more as I've been playing more and more games. Is that like I'm able, maybe because I'm able to get games for you know for free for a few days to try them out, I'm able to better discern what I would or would not actually spend money on. And that game, like like how I said with Final Fantasy Thirteen, you know, I got to play that for a little bit, and that's a game I would not spend sixty dollars on, but I'd probably spend like thirty or forty on. Uh, <clears throat> Splinter Cell is kind of the same thing. Like I'd spend like twenty or thirty dollars on to like just kind of fuck around with fuck it for around, a while yeah. i didn't get to try any multiplayer and i you know i hear that's good um because from what i've heard they kind of tried to I, I think i heard they tried to bring back the the good multiplayer from one of the other splinter cell games was a chaos it's theory. co-op oh it's co-op it's, yeah it's co-op and, and and it's supposedly really cool but i also heard that they got rid of mercs versus spies oh that's a good I one i loved that yeah that's the one i thought they they were bringing back maybe i was wrong i thought i heard that fuck yeah, because that was the good one, and that's the one I would have actually been interested in playing, because I did play yeah. that in... Was that in Chaos Theory? That was in Pandora Tomorrow in Chaos Theory. Okay, I remember playing that, and that was mad fun, because, yeah, like, it didn't matter if I stuck at stealth, because as long as the mercenaries, people playing the mercenaries were stupid, then I was still good. <laughs> or or you could just play the mercenaries if you didn't want to Mercenaries sucked. Who wanted to play the mercenaries when you could be a spy? Did they? I don't, I don't know. I never, um... 
I, I never played with a lot of people. I only played with like I actually only played one on one, and it was already really fun. So I'm just like, I was like, if it's this fun with one on one, and it was designed for two on two, yeah, then like you know. But I played Merc once, and I played Spy once in this one match, and like I I think I whomped my friend in both. Uh huh. So maybe that's why I don't mind the Mercs. Uh, but real quick, then uh, just to finish up, what I'm talking about this game. Uh, I did find some of the controls to be a little bit awkward because it's a uh, third person. It's a third person and a cover based mechanic. Like, you know, it, it, it uses the whole like, I don't want to say Gears of War, but like it is like Gears of War cover system where, you know, you run up to something and you like take cover behind it and, and whatnot. But it's a hold to cover mechanic. So it's not like just you, you know, press a button and you're in cover until you're ready to come out of it. So uh -huh. like I found that to be like intense situations where I'm get like either fucking up and have a bunch of guys about to surround me or just trying to like trying to like move from area to area like uh having to hold the button and then like do other button presses i would constantly forget about holding the button or let go or something and then i would get caught and it's just i didn't like the hold to uh cover mechanic um also the game uses a uh a black and white uh filter when you're yeah. in stealth which i also don't like because you know, it's supposed to make it, it. It's supposed to highly indicate that you're in stealth and make it easier to like differentiate, I guess. But it made it harder for me to see shit. I yeah, I, I felt the same way when I was playing the demo. Um, first of all, did you play anything else? It's just because you're talking about Splinter Shell now, so I want I think, and I since I played it as well. Um, but I don't. If you played something else, that's going to take a long time to talk about. I'd rather you talk about that first. Uh, did I play anything else? I played some. I mean, I want to talk a little bit about Rock Band 2 just because I did something in Rock Band 2 that I hadn't right. really done before. Right. Um, but I, I can go through that real quick, and then we can go back to Splinter Cell. Yeah. Okay, so in Rock Band 2, I started doing these Battle of the Bands things, which uh, I didn't really... I've never really messed around with in the game before, and they're pretty fun. What they are is they're, like, I guess... Uh, Harmonix puts them up, but, like, you can go on their forums, whatever, and suggest a battle, and it's basically... I, they A battle consists of a certain, like a certain theme in the songs or whatever. Like the one I did is called Remembering Singer's Past. And it was a just a two-song set list of Buddy Holly by Weezer and Alex Chilton by The Replacements. Ooh, ooh. And um, the, like each battle has like a certain parameter. Like for this one, like it was uh, based on star rating and you couldn't deploy any overdrive. But like it can be other things. Like it can be, it can be based on score. It can have like a certain level requirement, um, a certain instrument requirement, things like that. Uh, so this was just, you know, uh, it wasn't even, it didn't even have to be vocal. It could just be any instrument and just, yeah, uh, star star rating and no overdrive. So hmm. uh, I did it as vocals and I uh, played through it a bunch of times and I actually got pretty high on the uh, leaderboard and I discovered that apparently playing for anyway for battles that. Uh, that do star rating playing it on easy is actually better because I flawless both songs singing on medium and I got like a five point five. It was like, Oh no, no, I'm sorry. 11.56 or five, eight star rating. And, uh, it was like 11th or something on the leaderboards. And I was like, and everyone who was like anything higher was all five, uh, 11.60. And I was like, how the fuck did they do that? When I just flawless these songs, I was like, they must've played on a harder difficulty. Uh, so I tried on a hard difficulty and I just couldn't flawless them. So I went back to easy and tried it on that. And that's how I got the full star rating and wound up getting in those top slots. So apparently, yeah, doing battles on easy is better. I don't know. But <laughs> I finished. I finished. Do, they, do they differentiate with gold star? And I don't know if you can get gold stars um, without using overdrive. But do they, do they, you know, give you more? 
I honestly don't know how you would gold star. I've never gold starred anything in the game. So is that you like, have to play on expert? That's why is it flawless on expert? Not exactly. Uh, I have to not, you, it doesn't threshold. have to be flaw. Yeah, it's just a point barrier. Oh, okay. Uh, then I mean, I would guess. Well, yeah, like you just said, you might not be able to at overdrive, but I wouldn't know because they didn't. It didn't seem like in the leaderboards there was any any indication of gold starring or anything. Because like I said, I got the top score I could possibly get, and unless nobody else was able to get a gold star, and that's why nobody was on the leaderboard, I wouldn't really know. Um, mm. but. I did place fifth out of two hundred some odd people. Oh, so I was pretty proud of that. You. Yay! Um, and yeah, I'm just totally got. For some reason, I just totally got back in a rock band. I've been playing a lot of that this past week. Um, it's because of the minorities. Yes, it is because of the yes, minorities. The minorities have sparked a resurgence in the rock bandedness <laughs> in Pete only. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Although I, I would really like to play. Like, I think I might. Be wow! Star Wars Force Unleashed, fifty percent off on Steam. Although I already have no. a PS3, um, I would like to play it and maybe uh, actually finish Rock Band One and beat Green Grass or High Tides. Uh, <laughs> but I I can't get my guitar out of the closet. <laughs> yeah, you can't it's get just your like, guitar out of the closet. Yeah, I'm I I'm not compelled enough to actually. Oh, you can't bring yourself to, to do it. Guitar, I thought you meant like you had so much shit in the closet that if you try to take something out, it would all like tumble out of you like in a oh that would have been funny that would be funny, 90s sitcom no. style um oh, no. so anyway uh yeah rock band 2 fun uh <laughs> other quick stuff then this isn't even stuff i play well i did technically play uh i bought super street fighter 2 turbo h wait is it <laughs> i bought super the hd remix one hd remix yeah while it was on sale um oh, yeah I which during that whole what i gotta play against you oh yeah i'm pretty bad though i uh, am too <laughs> well, good. Uh, during during the whole time the sale was going on, for the, you know, the week long sale for the Xbox 360 stuff, uh, the arcade stuff, I was like, I should get this game while it's less than half, when uh, while it's more than half uh, half off. Um, and I was thinking about some of the other games, but I didn't really care as much about them. But I was like, you know, if I get this game, I'm gonna play online and get my ass beat, and nobody ever comes over to play. But on Aww. the off chance I'm ever with somebody, like, and uh, I'll just have this on my console so it can be like, hey, let's play. Uh, we'll play. What? Yeah. <laughs> we'll play. I'll yeah, well, there you it. go. Especially against somebody who won't whoop my ass in like 20 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, because I, I mean, I did end up buying it and I did try online for like three or four matches and I just got stomped on in all the matches. And it was funny because like they, everybody does the same thing. They let you win the first round and then fucking own you. Like hell, that I ain't letting you win shit. <laughs> if you beat me, it's because you beat me. I was like, wow, That's I'm like not... uh, how they do in the arcade. Where yeah, I guess. In order to get the most out of your quarter, you play three rounds. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this, I guess online and ranked matches, it's best of five. Um, oh, okay. Mm. But yeah, like I guess it is just to drag it out because like I would like they they would basically just let me win the first round. Like I thought I was actually doing good, and then I just wouldn't get a hit on them in any other rounds. It was pretty disgusting. So. <laughs> Um. Yeah. That. That's all I have. Or, or were they all playing with like Ryu and Ken? No. And, no. They're mixing it up. I. I'm, okay. Good. I, I mean, I, I played like a doll against a doll seam and things like that. Oh. Mm. You don't see that often. That's I use good. the same character all the time. So. Um, what do you use? I use M Bison. Okay. Well, I mean, as someone who has claimed to not be very good, that's okay. But but for people who like come in there and whip your ass, it's like, wouldn't it be nice if you just got off of the character that you're an expert with and just you know maybe had some fun with it? No no no, I'll go no, with I that. gotta win. I gotta play my man, yeah, <laughs> my girl. If it's like, I'll, I'll play with Zangief. I'm terrible Dude, with him. Shit, 
Yeah, if I'm playing with people that are on similar skill level, like when I play with my friend Dan, who is a little bit better than me, but like even with him, I'll just uh, I'll I'll mix up characters because like, hey, I'm actually hey, playing does for he fun. Play with Dan. Even though it's a wrong game, still. Yeah, done it. Got to again. <laughs> on a on a side note about Super Street Fighter Turbo HD Remix, I did not realize that the other older version of Street Fighter on there was just Street Fighter Two Hyper Fighting. Um, yeah, mm. that's that's why I was when we were ta- doing the Street Fighter discussion, I was getting all confused. Um, oh, so yeah, uh, Super Street Fighter Two Turbo was probably the SNES one that I played back then. Um, or 3DO because Super Street Fighter Two Turbo never came out on SNES. Which it didn't. I did well, Super what's... did not Super Turbo. Oh, so wait, right. was this, was there a Super Street Fighter Two Hyper Fighting on SNES then? Yes, um, that, it wasn't Super. It's just Street it, yeah, Fighter II. It was so, so, so the wait, so the, the one the, original one I have on arcade was the one on SNES. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the the Hyper Fighting, which is called. Here's how Super, the lineage Street goes: Street Fighter, Street Fighter Two, Street Fighter Two Championship Edition, Street Fighter Two Hyper Fighting. Uh, Street Fighter, yeah, Street Fighter Two Hyper right. Fighting, which is also known as Turbo. Yes. So that ends that kind of first half. And then the second half is Super Street Fighter 2, and then Super, Super Street, Street Fighter, Fighter 2, 2 Turbo. Turbo. And yeah, so Hyper Fighting on Xbox Live is the same as Street Fighter 2 Turbo on Super Nintendo, the first one that came out. Well, the second one. What did they call, so so they called it Turbo on the SNES? Yeah, they called they it Turbo. They didn't call it Hyper Fighting or something like that. Okay. Okay. Well, God damn it, Capcom. I just... Run! <laughs> maybe I mean Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo was in the arcade then, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. It was just called okay. Hyper Fighting Turbo Edition at the bottom. Or wait, he, like he said Super. Wait, 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 wait. Before you say that, Al. Yeah. Pete, you said Super in front of that. That's so what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm getting confused because wasn't Super turbo. just applied to console versions? Like, no. What? Super was no. a brand new game when they introduced four new characters. That, that's why I went throughout the whole lineage of the arcade games. Oh, oh that, okay. Two. That lineage was the arcade games then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought you were just doing lineage in general. Um, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. That was yeah. That would be a lot longer, obviously. Yeah, um, because then they had a weird super version on the Genesis that added stuff. I'm going to stop. Yeah, the, point, <laughs> the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because for whatever reason, as soon as I started playing, uh, you know, Hyper HD Remix, like I felt more instantly familiar with that game right. than I did with Hyper Fighting. So I don't know where in my past I've played, you know, the original version of that. Um, well, you probably. OK, so I'm going to guess that you got Super Street Fighter 2. On the Super Nintendo, Super Street Fighter is when they started editing, at editing, adding in those four extra characters: Cammy, um, DJ, um, Fei Long, and and T Hawk. That's yeah. when that's that's Super, and so that came out for Super Nintendo as well. Both and fuck ter- Super Nintendo both... for co-opting the name Super in their games because that's just confusing me even more. Yeah, they used to do it all the time. Super Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Mario right. Well, you know, Super 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 Mario. So super, both um. Super. So both Hyper Fighting and Super came out for Super, for the SNES. As well as the original. As well as the original one. Right. Hyper Fighting right. on the SNES was renamed Turbo Edition or something, which is what Al said. Right. And Super came over just as is. Mm-hmm. When the arcade introduced Super Turbo, that never came out for the SNES. However, you probably still feel more familiar with that because by that point, you already had the four characters in there, and it probably took the shape of what you remember better. Hyper Fighting was still that old school version, which only had the twelve characters and didn't have like DJ um, Phil and Cammy. Well, I'm, uh, yeah, oh, that too. But I'm also else. I'm trying I'm trying to think about um, aesthetically. Okay, so the music changed in between the regular Street Fighters and the 
Super Street Fighters. They they started the whole Capcom Q sound crap mm-hmm. that actually, in my opinion, ended up sounding worse, even though the instrumentation was better. Um, they had all the new voices. They changed the way it sounded when you hit somebody. So you probably are more familiar with HD Remix because you own Super on the on the SNES. But again, there was no Super Turbo on the SNES. Thank you, Capcom. I hate you. Yeah, this is like some insanely complicated math problem. It's obviously not very black and white, but you know what is black and white? Splinter Cell. So go ahead and talk about that. Yeah. In so, the darkness. In the darkness. So I agree with you. I don't like that. Back to Splinter Cell. I, I really didn't enjoy that... that uh, black and white filter. I think it would have been a little bit better if they just desaturated the color a little bit and maybe um, maybe did it kind of like an edge of screen effect as opposed to full on. Because I know what they wanted to do was get rid of that little meter in the corner and I can understand that, but like it just made it hard to see like you said. And when you're in a stealth mode, like when you're sneaking around and you can see them but they can't see you, it's not supposed to make it harder for you to see them. Like, if I'm sneaking around and I can see Al, like, without him knowing, I should be able to see him crystal clear, unless the lights are shot out, which right. is what you do in Split or because that's awesome. Um, I also... They actually, just, I want to say real quick, in story, story-wise, story they try to explain the the way that mechanic works through the story, and it's just, is it just fucking ridiculous. Old? What's that? <laughs> is it just because he's old? No, 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 like, it's a it's a flashback scene where he's, he's talking with his young daughter. Um, oh, but uh, yeah, it's just it, it shouldn't make you go in black and white. It's just ridiculous. Like, go ahead, but keep going. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the last known position? I thought that was really stupid. I couldn't get it to work effectively because, like, like I said, I'm terrible at stealth. So to make it work effectively, you have to kind of plan it to be like, hey, here I am, and then stealth your way somewhere else so you can flank them. I would just be like, hey, here I am. Fuck up trying to move anywhere else and just start shooting people. I like it from the perspective. I like it from the uh the viewpoint of, well, this is probably what would happen. They would see you there, and that's where they think you are, but people aren't that dumb to think that you're actually still there after more than, like, two seconds. You know <laughs> well, what I mean? What was like, that noise? If they... yeah. What was that noise? <laughs> but if they if they did that and, and, like, made smarter AI, great. But when I played it, I, like, I stuck my head out and I shot somebody, like, there he is! And then I ran away, and then they all went over, and they're like, where did he go? Yeah, see, hey, I never had them all run and over to my like, position, because they just would see me again and be like, oh, now there he is. So I never got oh. it fully to that point where they were all <laughs> gathered around my last one position. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I just I thought okay, the idea cool, the execution dumb. Oh, Maybe speaking of execution, it. yeah, that mechanic I did not like at all. Like the 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 fact that you have to go up and do the hand to hand kills to get the uh you know the ability to mark people and then execute. Yeah, them. that makes it kind of gamey, doesn't? Yeah, it? Yeah, like because then instead of just like actually trying to think your way through this world, you're like, okay, well, I have to go do this hand-to-hand thing so I can get the marksman thing so I can take out those two guys which are specifically there, you yeah. know, so to be marked. But I'm I'm conflicted with that because I don't think it would be fun if you could do that throughout the entire game. I don't. I'm not saying and it no- needs to be, like, freely available all the time, but I just don't like, like, it just, there's clear-cut situations where it's like, this guy's set up for me to, like, Purposely set there so that he won't notice me so I can get the hand-to-hand uh, so I can mark the next two people I come across, which are also set up there to be marked. It, it, like, I mean, through a couple levels, I've noticed that as a repeti- like a like a pattern. Like, there'd be a guy purposely in his spot, like, like by a windowsill, so you can pull him out and get that hand-to-hand, and then there's two people in the room specifically there waiting to be marked. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, and, and I could be remembering wrong, I mean, there there are many instances throughout the series where that is the case. It's just that they never had that mechanic, and so it doesn't feel like 
they're just setting you up. You know what I mean? Like there, there are many, and and I think this happens in in a lot of um, in a lot of stealth-based games where they will have guys with their backs turned to you, and obviously you're supposed to you know pull them down, and then like they'll have a room far further off in the di- farther off in the distance where they there are guys that like you know are kind of ready for you. But I, I mean, if it's not always freely available, there is going to have to be some kind of gaming mechanic, and I kind of feel like. They they almost put themselves in a lose lose situation. You know what I mean? Like either it's freely available and the game is completely unbalanced, or they make some restriction and it takes you out of the experience. So I don't know how they could solve that. I don't know either. Like, and I mean, and like... it kind of it kind of sucks because I think it's a cool idea, but does it work out? Nah, I don't know. You know? Um, I know that when Red Steel did it, uh, you had to. I think you had to have a certain amount of, of of some meter that you built up by killing enemies. So it was a similar thing. Um, but that game sucks anyway, so who cares? <laughs> um, Al, what have you been playing? A little bit of Final Fantasy XIII. In the f- minor bit of free time that I've had this week. Um, it's I'm at the 32-hour mark, and I'm pretty much at the point where the game completely changes... And they do all this stuff that I really don't like, and, and now I'm kind of not wanting to play it as much as I used Why to. Why don't you like it? Well, first off, um, I, I don't know if this is going to be a spoiler or not. It's not story-related, but it's gameplay-related. I know what you're talking about. I don't think it counts as a spoiler. Okay. Well, I don't know. I didn't tell you about this before. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you know how... I'll, I'll start it with this, and you can stop me. You know how every character has a role, or two or three? Usually, every every character has three roles that they play. Uh, either Commando, Sentinel, uh, Saboteur, Synergist, Ravager, and they all kind of correspond. Like, Commando is like a melee damage. Ravager is magic damage. Sentinel is defensive. And so what happens then? 30 hours into the game, everybody gets access to all of the uh, uh, roles. So now you're like, oh, "Oh, okay, now we've changed from Final Fantasy 4 to Final Fantasy 7. <laughs> I was, and I mean, technically, you don't have to take advantage of the roles unless you're looking for the achievement where you uh, develop all the characters, like master all the roles for all the characters, which I think is just a lesson in patience and futility. Tedium. Because yeah. uh, right now, I, I don't know how many levels you have in your Crystarium. And if I sound really excited, it's only because I'm like high on caffeine. <laughs> um, but. Oh, 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 the other thing. Oh, <laughs> um. It, I don't know how many levels are in the Crystarium. Right now I'm on level 3, going to level 4, and it takes like 6,000 Crystogen points in order to get from one point to the other. And per battle, if I'm fighting enemies that can just like outright kill without that much trouble, they may give me like 800. I have a I question. Fight, oh, wait, wait. If I fight like a really tough enemy, I might get 3,000. But that really tough enemy is really tough. Takes a lot of effort. Yeah, I, I might have to try a couple of times, or it might take a long time. Wow. Mm. I, I was gonna say because like when I was playing, you know, I I, I understand what you're saying now because I played enough of it. But with the Crystarium, I like I never got past level one. Uh, like, when is there like just certain key game points that like bring you to the next level in those, or do you have to fill up all of everything in level one to go to level two? Um, well, I I think the reason why you probably haven't advanced is because they don't even let you start gaining levels until very far in the game, relatively speaking. And so you probably got to a point where before you got sick of it and stopped playing or before you had to return it, that's when you first started to earn levels. Oh, is that accurate, may, Al? May, yeah, but the thing is, um, your Crystarium expands at certain plot points. 
like usually at the end of a chapter. Oh, at, at okay. So like it's, a big it is story based. Then you get to access to more because like in the beginning, I think you only have like access to the first tier of level one. I think level one has like three tiers or something to it, but they oh, take so like a hundred something points. So what happens is that in the beginning, you you probably experience this peak. You you use enough Crystarian points and you get to a point where you just can't go anymore. Yeah, like I mean, like with the the characters having different roles, but I knew what roles I wanted characters to play. So like most, I was actually having a lot of my characters just focus on Ravager, and I would fill up that whole area, and then right. not even bother spending points on the other thing. And so yeah, I just had and all these excess points, and that's cool. Like you can play like that, and then you get to the point where thirty hours comes in. Now you have access to every single skill, and you're like. Uh, should I just continue doing what I was doing, or should I really put points into these other skills? I decided I'm just gonna continue doing what I was doing, but then I feel like, am I losing? Am I like losing these battles because I don't have the options, or am I losing these battles because uh, I'm just not playing it well? And it, it's a, I think it's more like I'm not just, I'm just not playing it well. Uh, there are points where, for example. When I was complaining that I was getting all frustrated on Wednesday, uh, I, th- I think that the primary reason why I was dying all those times was because my leader was a squishy. And, you you know, in Final Fantasy thirteen, if, if your leader, leader dies, dies you're the done. game is over. So I would be fighting these battles against all these enemies who would coordinate their attacks against a single target, and they would coordinate oh. their attacks against me, and I would have no chance. Because they would take off like 300, and there's four of them, and the character only has 1500 HP. And then by the time Wait. I try and cast the heal, boom, he's dead. I gotta, yeah, I gotta I ask you something. Like that in the game. Is squishy a real term, or did you just make it up? Squishy is a term that I got off of. Wow, uh, that's what they call the mages and the the priests. A squishy, uh, the squishy, because they they the primary don't target <laughs> wear um armor, so you hit them. In I, the... I just think it's, I just think it's funny because it's squishy, and then there's a game called Squishy Tank that's coming out for Nintendo DS. <laughs> And the the box art for Squishy Tank is like a cartoon tank with a finger poking it. Oh, I gotta see this. Because uh, it's squishy. So, yeah, that's <laughs> one thing that I didn't like. Uh, just the whole thing about um, these Crystarium expanding to the... Ha! Squishy Tank! <laughs> this is yep. like, like a Pillsbury bunny. Uh, bunny. By the Pillsbury way, Doughboy. Because we, when we talked about Final Fantasy XIII like a couple weeks or so ago, and I was saying about how I n- never noticed the uh, the the grayness out or whatever the the the, the oh, indicator the of the yeah the red flashing, I was just completely wrong because it was totally there. I just didn't <laughs> notice it. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, I other... do hate the fact that you know your main character is very easily susceptible to massive attack, and it's hard to like, especially if you have to do the paradigm shift to get a healer out there. Like oh yeah, and just a lot of times so if, if the first time you do the paradigm shift, it shows the shift for all three characters, and it's the longest paradigm shift ever. So if yeah. you're in a battle and you're like about to die, and you do paradigm shift for the first time, you're pretty much dead. Yeah, before the paradigm shift could even finish. But um, what I think I'm going to start doing because uh, of all my troubles in using hope, that's what I was using. It was uh, mostly medic. And I was I started out as synergist, but then I was medic. But none of those roles actually change your defense uh, or your HP or anything like that. So he still had the lowest HP out of everybody, and he didn't have much damage absorption due to the gear that I gave him. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm probably just gonna stick with playing with lightning or Fang or Saz because they both they all have commando roles. 
Uh-huh. The only disadvantage is that it's a lot more fun playing with someone who does stuff like buff characters because you can control who gets what. If you leave it to the computer, they usually like take forever to give you your buffs, or they don't give you the buffs. Oh, that you so really you need get to not only choose the characters you want in your party, but who the actual leader is at some point. Yeah, once you get access to all the characters, and that's about I think twenty five hours into the game, then you're able to change the order. You're able to change who's in it, and then once you change who's in the party, uh, they wipe out your paradigm shifts, and you have to put in new paradigm shifts because. Well, unless all of the roles are the same. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool to like say, okay, I want to swap in this character, and now I can set up all these different paradigms. But at the same time, it's like, I really don't want to change characters because I'm too lazy to change paradigms. <laughs> uh, so a lot of times I just stick with the same three characters until they force me to change, which yeah. I did. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to start using a tougher character, but it's a little less fun. Like, if I was to play with a Sentinel, it's so boring because you just got to sit there and guard, guard, provoke, guard, guard, provoke. And everybody else is beating the shit out of everybody else, but you just stand there and make sure you take the damage. It's not like you're... It, like, for example, Snow has a move called Vendetta where he absorbs damage and he hits somebody, but he hits them for, like, 600 once in a maybe a 10-second period. And... Everybody else is hitting for like three, four, six, eight thousand damage in that same ten second period. So what's the use of doing that? Just guard. Um, the only other thing I don't like about Final Fantasy Thirteen at this point is that it, it's just gotten really like the the difficulty shift has increased by a lot between where I was when in Chapter Ten and where I am now in Chapter Eleven. I'm finding myself just dying because they just hit me too damn hard. And or uh, they they have a, a lot of really strong enemies because the where you are there's no balance it's just wildlife so if you run into something that's like sixty feet tall you know you're gonna get killed in like two seconds because they're a sixty foot tall like big ass hulking monster uh so don't walk into them right you guys hear me yeah yep okay because it's like I'm, silent dead silent I thought I was I really <laughs> thought listening. that uh, I was disconnected or something. <laughs> so, like, they have these uh, behemoths out there, and uh, the behemoths, they have even in the beginning of the game, and they're like pussies in the beginning of the game, but then yeah. they keep getting, like, a behemoth, then there's, like, great behemoth, then there's behemoth king, which is in chapter 11, and the behemoth king is, you think, okay, well, all the other behemoths are really easy, so you start fucking them up, and you get them, like, do a preemptive strike, and then you put them in stagger, and you start knocking them up in the air, and you get the multiplier up to 999%, and you're beating the shot and you're like holy shit this guy's health was only at half and then you go look at his stats and he's got 400,000 hit points and you're like uh oh <laughs> so then he gets out of stagger and I'm just like okay it doesn't matter I'm just gonna whoop his ass he might hit me hard a couple of times but it's no problem let's just heal and beat his ass eventually right this motherfucker stands up on two feet pulls some shit out of his back that looks like a, a wheel with spikes on it How and completely ass. heals <laughs> like it, all you see is nine 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 like five of them come out, and he heals himself for all four hundred thousand hit points, and then he starts hitting you for like three grand. Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so I guess I wasn't supposed to let him get that far. And uh, then they put you in situations where you have to like fight two, but it's a good thing that they move slowly, so you don't actually have to get locked into battle with them. So I was like looking for the way to get to the next zone, and I was just running around them. But I can't imagine 
I guess I have to, get, you know, like get really high in my Crystarium levels in order to really face them. Because if they both stand up and they both have that fucking wheel mace spiky thing and Out they just ass. hit me at the same time, like they'll kill all three characters even if they hit one or some shit. Because they like do sweeping attacks. Uh, yeah, so other than that, I, I've been playing, um, WarioWare DIY for DS, which, uh, is really what'd you fun. Make? What'd you make? What'd you make? I made a simple little target shooting game. Um, it actually was like a shitty, shitty target shooting game. Now it's just a shitty target shooting game. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm glad you made the differentiation there. <laughs> well, here's the differentiation. That could First be the name thing... of your game, Shitty Shitty Shooter. Ah, it would be nice, but I wouldn't be able to upload it, which I did. Um... What I did was, what they do in WarioWare DIY is that they have a DIY uh, studio where you get to play the games made by other characters, um, and then you get to put in your DIY games. You can check them out. They have this thing called a game blender. You put all the games in there, and then it runs through them, uh, you know, randomly. But then there's WarioWare Incorporated, where you learn how to make games. And I think I did, like, maybe the first lesson, and then I tried to make a game, and that's why the game's, like, so shitty. It was, like, uh, a fake-ass 3D background with a bullseye target and really shitty, like, textures. And then I had a big arrow. It was supposed to be, like, arrow, like a bow and arrow arrow. And it was just an arrow moving side by side, side to side, and then you would hit the arrow, and it would move forward. And if it hits the bullseye, then you score. You win. But... It, it was like silly. I like had a coworker play it, and he was like, "Dude, how do I play this?" And I'm like, "Just tap it." And <laughs> he couldn't really get it the first time, which nobody ever gets the first time. Is there no it. way to put in like instructions, like a quick three second instruction thing before the game start, like that little mini game starts? Like, tap have you the arrow? played any? Have you played any WarioWare games before? Yeah. You know oh, how yeah, they say they have that one command that it tells you what to do. Yeah. You can do that. That's that's okay. what you do. You basically are making a WarioWare game, just like every other WarioWare game, but um, all you do to interact with the game is tap. So, um, which is really cool that like every single game that is actually prepackaged with the software was made with the same engine. So you can take a game that you really like and then put it into um, the the make game maker matic is what they call it, the the thing that you actually make your games with. And uh-huh. you can see how it's made, so you can kind of learn, like, oh, shit, how do they do that? Like, this game's from Orbilon, who does, like, all the brain, twist, brain teaser games. And there are some games that, like, one of them, for example, is a box, and it has four pictures in it. Well, it, it cycles between one of four pictures randomly. And then when it brings up the picture, you have to spell out what it is. It's a cat, a box, a bat, or uh, uh, something else. I don't remember. So is there, like, a touch keyboard or something? Yeah, and it has, like... You know, has nine letters, which are composed of the letters that are in these words. And I'm like, how does it know what letter I'm pressing and how it corresponds to the picture using the Game Maker-Matic? And then I plugged into Game Maker-Matic, and I'm like, damn, this shit is complex. So I've been inspired to make, like, a less shitty game. Because now my only one shitty shooter, I took out all that shit. And one shitty shooter? <laughs> now it's just a shooter? It's just a bunch of shit. No, no, no. They shit suck. It's, it's, it's a little... It's a little bit better, but my art style is terrible, so that's why it's shitty. The is it programming just like, is pretty good. Hmm? Is it just like a you know a basic grid that you're drawing pixel art onto to make your? Uh, like, yes, okay. you, you draw pixel art onto uh, a various size grids. So you can do. I mean, you can do pretty complex stuff if you are a, a good pixel uh, hand. You know, 
or if you're just willing to look online and be tedious about you know matching grid styles which is what i used to do in mario paint right i used to do that in mario (laughs) paint too not online but but um, magazines (laughs) so what i did was like i I, i'm terrible at drawing so i just do like stick figures and stuff and i turned it from like a stupid half 3d type of bullseye shooter to an overhead uh robin hood type archery thing so i drew like a, a a guy overhead with a beret and a, a a bow and he's pulling back the, the the arrow and i have an anime set and he moves his hand and the the, the string from the bow and arrow well the string from the bow flips as you you know shoot the arrow and the arrow goes up and there's a goomba because i didn't feel like drawing anything a goomba just <laughs> <laughs> running back and forth in the forest on the other end and you have to shoot the goomba um the the art is a lot better than the other one but it's still shitty and I, I uploaded that on to... Um... I, ha- I have a request. Mm-hmm. Take your phone or camera, and, and I want to I wanna see these in action. Record them and so we can put them on the site. Oh, yeah, I would like that. to see it, too. <laughs> All right, I'll make a video of or it. Or I'll just done. pick up... Yeah, I mean, you said you uploaded it so we can just get the game, obviously, right? Well, yeah, if you get the game, then... You... Maybe I'll just buy... Since I don't have a DS of myself anymore, I'll just buy a copy of uh, DIY for Dez and uh, just be like, hey, let me borrow your DS for a second. Yeah. And then people can't go on YouTube and look at it. Yeah. Screw people. I, still I just want to see YouTube. it. Um, um, would you say this? Have, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say they also have DIY showcase for the Wii, where you can you can get games for from the Wii. It actually comes with like seventy two other games, and you can uh, play your games on the Wii that you make using the DIY Game Maker Matic. Really cool. So that's why they probably restricted it to only all you can do is tap. Yeah, because there was something in the manual about slashing, and I think they were just differentiating between the two terms. I thought that you were able to slash and tap in this game, but I don't think you are. Mm. Pete, you were saying something? Well, I was going to say, would you say, I mean, aside from the fact that it you are limited to tapping, which does kind of suck, like there's no key inputs at all? No, just tap. And so it, it's it's really a, a lesson in uh, learning how to use that simple tap mechanic to make interesting games. And they really do it. Like, I downloaded the big name games, which they've been talking about um, a lot, like, on the Nintendo channel and uh, on the WarioWare website. Where And other sites have also reported on it. You may have heard of it, where makers from various big name companies make mi- micro games. Like, for example, the guys from Gaijin Games who make BitTrip, they made a, a game based on their BitTrip runner. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I have yet to play those games, and I really want to. Me too. And it was cool because I was looking at it on the Nintendo channel, the video of the process. Uh, basically, it was like the CEO talking about them making the game, and then he goes through the, the various um, portions with graphics, music, and assembly. And he does it kind of like in a you-get-to-see-a-little-bit kind of way. And then he brings in, like, the artist, and he'll say, yeah, so, you know, how does this look? And the guy goes, well, maybe you should take this part out because his leg and such and such and such. And then he brings in the uh, designer of, for the assembly part, and they start talking about the programming. And I had to stop it because I was watching something else. But then I downloaded the game and saw what they were working on come to life. It's just, like, this really huge, like, 8-bit graphic. Not even 8-bit, it's, like, 4-bit graphic, like, Atari graphics. And... The bit trip runner is running with the big rainbow behind him, and you have to jump over the fire by pressing on the screen. He jumps over the fire. Um, Hoshio, I think it's Hoshio Sakamoto, the guy who uh, does programming for Metroid. He did a, yeah. a Metroid 
uh, kind of game where you have to tap on the Metroids and you freeze them. And when you win, Samus comes out and she either comes out in her suit or in the Zero suit. Um, then there's other like ones that I can't really think of right now. And then they also come out with two games every week from the in-house studio. So mm-hmm. stuff like that is like really inspirational to see, okay, well, I can do this and I can do that and I can probably like come up with an idea on how to do something and just all I have to do is kind of put up a little flow chart on how it works and how the tapping plays into it. All right. The question I was originally going to ask was, do you think that this is like kind of like the pinnacle of WarioWare games or like the best evolution for the way the series can go with user-created content and things like that? I think it it, it definitely is. Um, because for something like this, the you sure, you can have a whole bunch of WarioWare games that are made by the guys over at Nintendo and Intelligent, and you can keep coming out with different themes, like, you know, there's WarioWare Twisted, WarioWare Touched, WarioWare... Uh, the, for the Wii and the GameCube, but to really like bring out the the creativity of the audience and to help, I guess, flourish the 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 appeal of WarioWare, uh, the the user creation really does turn it into an evolution of the the franchise in and of itself. And now the only thing is, I need to be able to find out how I can c- connect with more people because they do the friend code thing. Yeah. So now I'm like, you do you have the game? You have friend code? You have a game? You have friend code? And, and that's that's pretty much a, a little damning. Because it's not like, oh, uh, here are the top 10 user-created games of the week. And you can <coughs> download it like an iPhone App Store type thing. Right. You can't do that. Uh, and ju- I'm just going to finish off by saying that uh, I've been playing Pokemon, and that's it. Pokemon Heart Gold. <laughs> and, oh, I finished um, uh, I finished Final Fantasy 3. If I didn't mention that, I probably didn't. And uh, you you said that you were last episode you were on the brink of it and so right he did it folks yeah right after the episode ended I finished it um, I also bought like a whole bunch of shooters I was clapping I by the way <laughs> I heard that oh um, I bought House of Dead two and three House of Dead Overkill and Ghost Squad uh, for just playing with the wife and we played Ghost Squad last night it's pretty fun uh, shot a lot of hostages <laughs> and <laughs> I also finished. Hero 30 in Half Minute Hero, and I started playing um, Evil Lord 30, which eh, it's okay. But Hero 30 is like really fun. He oh, oh ha- Hero th- Half Minute Hero. Yeah, okay. Half Minute. I was like, what? Um, yeah. So then, um, I also have Tasman vs. Capcom, but I didn't play it yet. And have, Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> I have Blaze Blue. Haven't played it yet. Is there any anything else? <laughs> uh, I'm looking at my table and I see. Uh, Apologize, it's attorney still in his wrapper. I was supposed to open it like two weeks ago. You were supposed to open it years ago? Yeah, I was supposed to open it like a year and a half ago. Or maybe two. Oops. Open that shit up. Can't open it now. Open Heavy Rain. Open that shit up. Oh, uh, Heavy Rain's... All- Wait, is it? I don't know. No, I think Heavy Rain's still in his wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, bad. open it up before Pete, for- Pete forgets what happens in it. Uh-huh. I'll play it again once Al starts playing it. <laughs> Sure you will. Yeah. J- Nam and Jaden. I'll beat it again before Al beats it. Nam and Jaden, 14, 14 hours. 14 hours. Austin, it's were you playing 14 hours. I was playing Final Fantasy IV, but we're running out of time, so I'm just going to skip myself. You spoony bard. Yes, you spoony bard. Um, actually, just like for two seconds, uh, what I am doing is I already beat it, but the game encourages a second and third playthrough because you can earn new character abilities based on how you did in the previous run-through, so I'm basically going through that and seeing what happens there. Um, also, it's, it is one of my favorite all-time games, so I have to 
traditionally run through it every so often. Mm -hmm. uh, but we will move on, take a little break, and when we come back, we will hit some mailbags. That's kind of gross. <laughs> and it hurts. We're back, and we've got some mailbag entries, two from Edu, one from some other guy. Uh, this is the, 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 <laughs> the, first two, the first two are basically contest entries for the contest. So here comes Edu's. Uh, sorry, your post on Giant Bomb. Contest ideas, here's mine. Come up with the most ludicrous use for DLC in games. Horse armor is just the tip of the iceberg here. Come up with something truly ridiculous, outsmart the slimiest of developers. Um, Actually, he has another mailbag question attached to this, so we'll talk about it in a little bit. But Backlash24 from GameSpot says, You could require entrants to write a poem, a limerick, or an ode to the game that you would pick if they won the contest. So that would require me actually uh, posting a list of games that I'm willing to give out. So I should probably do that at some point in the next year. But that is a good one as well. <laughs> um, I think that puts up the count to four. I completely forgot what the fuck this contest was about. I, obviously, it's about making up a contest entry, yeah. but I, I don't remember any. I don't remember any details. Oh, it's okay because you're not Re qualified. Recap anyways. real quick. Yes, it's just no, I'm just trying to get rid of my games, and I don't want to give them the GameStop and and get like one cent out of it. So I'd rather someone else who listens to the podcast faithfully enjoy my game, um, but they have to listen and to the we're podcast. Picking one of these to actually do the contest, or the one who just has the best idea. The one that wins. has the best idea for the contest technically wins one of the games, and then we will run that contest that we picked, and then whoever wins that contest will also win a game. Oh, okay. oh, I like Edu's, oh, by see. the way. Oh. I'm putting in a vote for Edu's. Uh, we, 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 I haven't set a deadline yet. We're not voting yet. I'm just, I'm just fucking saying. Okay, well, you haven't might... heard the rest yet. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. Soccer. <laughs> this contest is over. Give that man the $10 million. Okay, just for that, your vote is nullified, because we are see you are, you are biased towards Ed, Edu. <laughs> Sorry, Edu. We can't. Uh, we can't. We can't have. Actually, him. no. I'm not biased towards Edu because he didn't download the Blur demo, and I invited him to play with me. And he's all like, "I don't have it." I was like, "Dude, it's a demo." And he's like, "I'll get it next time." <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> he said, "F you, PD, bitch slap." Pretty much. All right. So, uh, two questions from Edu. The first one is from uh, last month when he sent in the contest entry. Seeing how Sony showed off the new motion 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 controller at GDC, which one, if any, of the motion controllers are you most interested in buying? My answer still stands as uh, Move did or Arc or Move. We did we maybe. Did I don't know. Because yeah, I did. said none I, of them. Oh yeah, that's I right. Totally we did answer this. this. Okay, so let's move on to his actual question from this week on Twitter. Said, have you guys tried Game Room yet? What games do you want in there? And I think you guys talked about Game Room last episode. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Well, I know we talked about it. At some yeah, because last episode I think was when I was talking about Tutankhamun yep. and looking up yep. the list. Mm -hmm. Um, and real quick, yeah, if uh, the games I would. Oh wait, does he mean what games do we want that aren't in there? Probably. Because I would want Dragon's Lair. Oh, let's say wasn't that there, but that was at PAX. Right, and I'm really bad at that game, but I love. It. Oh no, I'm not totally bad at the game because Dragon's Lair. I'm bad at the arcade version apparently, or at least playing in the arcade after not having played it for probably like ten years. Because I did really terrible. But I used to be able to just straight run that game in about an hour. Yeah, that's because mm. you memorized it. Now you don't know it anymore. I, yeah, but it randomizes it, so memorization doesn't always help. It doesn't randomize it. 
it randomizes some of the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Not like not like the outcomes or the way the scene is played out, but like the order the scenes appear in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. what games do you guys want in there? Yeah. This game room could be a good idea. Oh, it was cheaper I and didn't. Um, there was this old <laughs> Taito game called Plotting that I've every time I bring it up, I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then I show him a screenshot. That. I show him a screenshot. And he's like, "Oh, that thing. All right, yeah, yeah." And then the next time I bring it up, he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Because no one knows what this game is. Um, and it doesn't really deserve to be known because it's nothing. Wait, what is it? I want to look at it. It's nothing special, but it's just I remember playing it in an arcade when I was younger and playing it all the time whenever I saw it and just enjoying it. It's some weird puzzle game. What's the game. name again? Plotting, P-L-O-T-T-I-N-G, as I am plotting to blow up your butt with a cigar lighter. I don't know what that means. Um, let's see if Giant Bomb has anything in f- it. I would I like would, that. I see a picture on Wikipedia. Plotting game has no game art on the Giant Bomb thing. Ooh, I should I should contribute to this thing. Um, you probably yeah, would. You, you can give them the Wikipedia yeah. photo. You would probably have a better <laughs> chance at Moby Games or something. Um, but... Yeah, it, it's it, it's this little blob that just shoots it. It was kind of like it, it's similar to a match three concept, basically. So uh, I would like that um, Arkanoid, but the thing is that they would have to come out with a with a um, trackball. Yeah, or a paddle thingy, because like not playing Arkanoid without that thing is just kind of not Arkanoid. But I really would like to see that. Um, back in the day, I think I can't remember if it was Pac Man two. Or Pac-Man 3D or something, but it basically put Pac-Man in an isometric perspective, That's, and it and it uh, let you jump over ghosts if you timed it correctly. Pac-Mania. Pac what? Mania. Pac-Mania. Okay. And I, I, you know, it's not Pac-Man, but I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, what else is in the arcades that I used to play a lot? Oh man, um, is Pole Position on there? Not yet. I would like nope. to see Pole Position. It's. I I, I read the whole list off last week. Yeah, it's, but it's like pre-pole position games. Yeah, but I don't believe in quizzes, Pete. So you, I'm impervious <laughs> to your lists. Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely like to see. Pole I'm position. gonna say Time Traveler again. <laughs> what was that? Oh yeah, that weird holographic, holographic thing that you're talking one. about, right? <laughs> Which probably would be like the worst game ever since it's not holographic anymore. If it was in game room, unless they could somehow make a little holographic stand. What are their guidelines? It has to be like really retro. Like, does it? Ha- it has to be before a certain year. I don't know if there are any guidelines except for the like it has to be rated on uh, at least uh, T or less. Okay, really? Uh, I, I think mean, that's really their only gu- guideline. They're, they're not like from um, from the old 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 days. Like, um... I mean, they are now, but I think that they're going to be expanding into like, oh, like they like, might actually put somewhat... like, something like Contra on there. Well, maybe not Contra. Oh wait, guys, 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 wait, 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 wait! I got a Skype message from. A spam Skype message from DreamZ2010. European and American woman too arrogant for you? Are you looking for a sweet lady that we be caring and understanding? Then you came to the right... I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Block this person. Excellent. Block. Oh, I should have done report abuse from this person. Damn it. Oh, well. Um, What were you saying? Pete. I, I, you were saying stuff. Contra. You said not everyone do contra. contra and I said because that, it's probably I don't, T shooting. Blah, blah, blah. No, well, I I, I was just saying just already on there, you know, on the Xbox Oh, right, the original Contra Arcade is on Xbox Live, but they make you pay so for I, it again. I think, he, I think he's just going to slap it up there. If you're talking about games like that, or like just games of that era, I would say that they might eventually get up there because I would think that they'd want to keep pushing game room stuff uh, for 
older arcade games instead of just releasing them directly into the Xbox Live Arcade, which has now been more, you know, kind of co-opted by... Can, yeah. If you can name this game for me. Okay, there was this one game where you are on a unicycle at the bottom of the screen, uh, and I think you were a clown or some shit, and there was this balloon that was constantly falling down from the top of the screen, and you had to keep you had to keep kicking it up to keep it elevated or in the air. Um, and then there were, like, things like spikes that would threaten to pop the balloon, and there were multiple balloons and all this shit, but I can't for the life of me remember what it is. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Nope. No, but I'm trying to find it. Let's see. I mean, I had a couple of game ideas in my head, but they're not. I think I just found it. What's it called? It's called Kick. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Just Kick. Wait a second. At the beginning of each round, a set of balloons, and in later rounds, Pac-Man characters hover above the clown. As each object is dropped towards the clown, different colored balloons fall at different rates. The player must catch each falling object in the clown's hat. If the player does not yep, catch a falling balloon that's it. character, they have a chance to kick the object back into the air. That gives the player another chance to I catch found it on Giant object. Bomb. It's, they, they call it Kickman there. Kickman renamed. The game has always included characters in the popular Pac-Man game. Blah, blah, blah. Later editions of the game changed title to Kickman. Yeah. So how how did you find this? I just Googled unicycle arcade game. Balloon. <laughs> wow. No, I just Googled unicycle oh, okay. arcade game. I would have put balloon in there. That's crazy. Jeez, um, what else is there? Um... I'm trying to think uh, of, of Al, the stuff you haven't that... mentioned any games. Yeah. Uh, well, honestly, uh, damn, I had a couple of ideas, and now I just can't think of them anymore. Um, the way you said that was like, honestly, I hate video games. <laughs> 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 no, I was really, I really had one in my head, and uh, now I can't remember. Um, uh, it'd be nice if they had something like back in the old Coleco days, like Turbo, or um, maybe something like Wizards of War, which used to scare me. Uh, this was, <laughs> was like, I, I don't know why. I'd like I, to there's see something some... about the music. I forget. Um, ooh. It, it was like a tritone or something. Ooh, ooh, um, ooh, ooh, ooh. No, but ooh. Do, do, you know, do you remember the Super Nintendo game called Equinox? Of course. It was isometric, and it was really hard. There was an, there was an arcade game that was played from a similar... The guy in the diver suit? No, no, no. Equinox was the little uh, kid with the turban. It's the se- well, not that it matters, but it's the sequel to Solstice, which was a Nintendo game, same type of game, which was stupid hard. Okay. Um, Solstice. Let me because maybe that's um that's what I was thinking about. Um, Solstice, the quest for the staff of Demnos. Uh, it was an ori- it was originally an arcade game, correct? I don't know. Probably. Okay. Well, there was this arcade game. That was played from a similar perspective, and the guy that you were—it looked like you were a bear, like oh, a no. teddy bear. Or some Solstice shit. is a wizard. Yeah, I know, I know, but I'm looking at the screenshot, and he kind of looks like that guy. So I don't know. That's why. That's why I'm trying to see if that's the one. But the arcade game had a trackball. Mm. Doesn't look like either game was on the arcade. I would like actually. to see that. That game, whatever that game it. was. Um, trackball. Marble Madness. Isometric, not Marble Madness. Teddy bear. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, I would. Oh, like you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Though. Yeah. You could not on the 360. Really? I thought they had Marble Madness on 360. No. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, they got Marble Blast Ultra, but that's not Marble Madness. Of course not. And they have Crystal Castles, which in a way is kind of like Marble Madness. Wow. But not really. So Wikipedia has a page called List of Trackball Arcade Games. I'm gonna fucking find this thing while Ooh, you guys talk. That. Um, talk more about Gamer while Let's I look at that. There, okay. there was an old well, Atari game called Venture. That Mongol used to play, and I used to never understand. Um, I'd probably want to play that too. Um, 
there was a really cool Atari game, but it was only two players. Um, Keystone Capers, Keystone I think. Keystone Capers, that, that sounds That was the cop familiar. and robber game. And it was split screen, and one person plays the cop, and the other person plays the robber. And the robber had to get out of the mall, um, and the cop who's, had to catch the robber. steaming their face? That's the steam in my house. <laughs> and now it stopped. Um, so, yeah, that... Keystone Capers was like... It, that was an Activision game, so I don't know uh, what the probability of that coming on Game Room is, because they probably like, what game was that? And there was like a game you made like 30 years ago, and they're like, huh? Well, not 30 years ago. More like 21 years ago, but still. Uh... <laughs> Let's see, there's another Activision game called Kaboom. That was a paddle game. Um, Kaboom! Oh, I know what game I wanted. River Raid, which everybody fucking loves. River Raid is the most awesome Atari game ever. River Raid. Never heard of it. Let's see. River Raid is like the grandfather of like all overhead shooting games. Oh, I see. Looks like uh, it's like big and green and, and red. Yeah. That's supposed Wait. to be brown. I'm, I bet it's supposed to be brown. Yeah, because I'm like... Has I, any I third party made a trackball yet for the 360? Probably not. Not that I know of, yeah. If I had one, I'd probably be more inclined to play some game room games. Yeah, because a lot of the good games were, were with, you know... Like, balls. I really like Crystal Castles, but it is hard to play with that controller. How does that game work? I've heard so much about it, I've never played it. It's, like, uh, it's isometric in the same way like Marvel Madness is, and you move on diagonals, and... Uh, you are collecting pellets throughout the level, uh, sort of like Pac-Man style, and avoiding the random like enemies that are also like scattered at the level. Uh, Easier just to show you. Have you seen a picture or anything? I've screenshot of it before. Uh, I'm about to find out. Crystal Castles. There's like a billion. Just oh, I see. Yeah, that's um, that's what it was. It was freaking Crystal Castles. <laughs> Oh. In the arcade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a bear. <laughs> the dude's a bear. Yeah. That's yay. <laughs> yay. We did something. We this solved episode. everything. Yay. Woo! The world is no longer insane. But yeah, I really, really like that game, but it is fucking impossible with the controller. Right. Um so uh yeah, third party should make a trackball app or something. And not app, but uh, accessories, peripheral thing. I could have sworn this was an arcade game. As well, Crystal. right? It is an arcade game, Because yes. Giant Bomb doesn't list uh, uh, arcade as one of the platforms. Maybe I just missed it. Let's see. Uh, if you go on Google and type in Crystal Castles, you'll see a yeah. billion arcade cabinets yeah. for it. <laughs> I don't really know why billion. Giant Bomb doesn't list it as an arcade. You should add that. Get, get does Giant Bomb list arcade? No, it doesn't. That, that's what I was saying. It doesn't, you know. No, I'm saying generally does it list if something yes, is an arcade it does. game. Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, uh, other arcade games, anybody, or shall we move on? Uh, let's move on to Infinity Ward after this break with the duck. I, I have a duck sitting on my screen. That's why I said. We're back, and uh, we're going to talk about this rigmarole that is the Infinity Ward imbroglio. And I, I, it interests me just because of, of how much it reminds me of 
um, like the situation when when people were talking about Halo being sold, uh, Halo, Bungie, Bungie being you know sold or whatnot or or bought out or, or or whatever, and then like people were saying, oh, you know, you can buy the studio, but the talent moves, and that can totally impact how your and you know how your games come out and and whatnot, and especially in this case because it, because Infinity Ward's games have been such a such a success. To, to, to a whole bunch of people who you know really don't pay attention to, to who's behind the game, right? So how much impact does this really have? But to uh, I'm sure that most of you listening, all two of you, uh, are familiar with the situation, at least in part. Uh, Jason West and Vince Zampella, who, uh, who I believe were the co-founders of Infinity Ward. Uh, and, oh, by the way, I have to make a correction. A couple of podcasts ago, we referred to the old company that made Medal of Honor for EA as 2019. It's actually 2015. I'm terrible at math, and so my numbers got mixed up. But anyway, so, you know, they, they started 2015, they defected to Activision, and then Activision did all the shit. And so they were fired. Um, they were let go for what Activision called insubordination. Uh, the the result out of this was that Wes and Zampella, and oh, here come the sirens. There go the sirens. So Wes and Zampella filed a lawsuit against Activision. Wow, I put the stress on the wrong syllable there. <laughs> Activision. Activision, like you say, umbrella, uh, insurance. But their argument was this, and I'll basically read this quote from their lawyers. It says, Modern Warfare 2 is arguably one of the most successful games in history. True that. And together with Call of Duty has generated more than $3 billion in sales for Activision. In addition, Activision seized control of the Infinity Ward studio to which Activision had previously granted creative control over all Modern Warfare branded games. This suit was filed to vindicate the rights of Weston Zampella to be paid the compensation that they have earned as well as the contractual rights Activision granted to Weston Zampella to control Modern Warfare branded games. So basically they're saying, yo, Modern Warfare is our shit. You guys tried to take it from us, and so we're suing you, and you probably fired us because we tried to take it back from you. Blah, 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 blah. So Activision <laughs> says, fuck you, we are run by Bobby Kotick. And what does Bobby Kotick like to do? Fuck you over. How does he do that? By firing counter, filing countersuits and then getting mad when people pick up a, a brutal legend and stuff like that. But So from GamePro, the, uh, and by the way, the original source I got for the... Um, Lawsuit info is g4tv.com, but you can get that anywhere. Um, and so the GamePro article, in response to uh, talking about the response to that lawsuit, the countersuit basically says that Warden Zampella met with other video game publishers, EA, while under Activision's employ and held up development of Call of Duty titles in order to command more money from the publisher. Interesting. The statement also claims that their actions were affecting those beneath them at Infinity Ward, as bonuses meant for other employees were never distributed. Whew. And then, to top it all off, uh, Al sent me this article from Kotaku. The headline says, The studio behind Modern Warfare is quote-unquote dead, Insider says. And so, there's this quote that says, They're scared shitless. This is a source from Insider Activision Management. They never saw this coming. They can't believe what's going on. At first, they gave us some bullshit about moving up payments of all the money they owe us to sooner increments. That was when Todd and Frank... I should I should be the brackets. That's when designer Todd Alderman and engineer Frank, Frank Gigliotti... Gigliotti... Soft G, hard G, whatever, left. Probably but with soft the G. Huh? Yeah. But with the announcement of Respawn Entertainment and all the people leaving, they just got their heads in their hands. So let me provide some background on that. 
after all that lawsuit shit happened, or maybe even before, whatever. So Vince, M- Vince Appel and Jason West started a new studio called Respawn Entertainment, and I believe they are already in talks with EA about agreements to produce games. And I can't, I can't remember if it was soon after that or a little bit later, but I started seeing people in trickle out from Infinity Ward. So uh, I think the count is up to 12 to 15 people have left. Infinity Ward, and like that's what I guess prompted this quote of they're scared shitless, um, and then uh, let's see what it says here. Um, blah blah blah. Who worked with them? Is the Infinity Ward insider painted the former bosses in a positive light, blaming Activision for withholding Modern Warfare Two payment. So Activision, not Infinity Ward, says they fired the two they fired the two most amazing leaders we've ever seen, and then shafted us. All out of a lot of money that was promised to us. There is nothing they can do to gain our trust or respect, and I'm pretty sure they know it now. Um, and so then the update to this article is that there was another insider from Infinity War that says, First off, yes, it is a shitty situation, but there are two kinds of people left. The ones that are sticking it out for the money, and the others who want to make something work. We are not dead. We, are, we definitely lost original team members, but not all the talent. When you talk about the people who left, they are the best in the business, but equally everyone in Infinity War deserves the same kind of credential. We are here for the long haul of keeping the modern warfare name alive, but as your article clearly shows, certain people are still pissed about it. We just had this discussion in our Monday meeting. We still have the talent that will get us to where we need to go, and now it is time to find our new leaders. So... As someone who is, has been a bigger fan of the Modern Warfare games than I guess I have been so far, Pete, what are your thoughts on how this could impact, A, how the game is made, and B, you know, how, I guess, I don't know how to call this, but what industry walkouts, how they can affect games in general, or, or, or big-name studios in general? Okay, you're going to hate me? I didn't hear anything you said. Honestly, I kind of, like, stopped caring about this whole story. Um, I did put a little link, though, in case you wanted to mention it, but, uh, like... How is what's going on with Activision and... I don't care if you care. I just want to know what you think. <laughs> Al, why don't you answer it? Well, I care much less than you do because I actually have only played 10 minutes of Modern Warfare. Do you know, this is less about the actual game, too. This is, you know, this has implications. Right, that's what I'm saying. You're, like, asking how, like, right. that what's going on between Activision and Respawn, it, like, what's going down now between them might affect future things of this nature. Precisely. Um... I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. It's like the same stuff kind of like has happened before, hasn't it? Like not entirely the same way, but like I, I feel like the same thing kind of happened with Bungie, just not in a in as loud a way. Um, like not that, that somebody was fired or whatever, but just that they wanted to get out from underneath, you know, Microsoft's umbrella. And, you know, like they did that and then they take some people with them. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I still think Frankie O'Connor is still there. Which is one of the biggest? Who is one of the biggest uh, guys at Bungie? I could be wrong though. Let me. I'll look it up while you keep talking. If you can keep okay. talking. I think it's just like Activision has a problem with like Activision just generally has a PR problem and apparently can't handle situations very well. Um, and I don't know if there would have been any way for them to keep all what 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 did happen quieter in any way. Um, and uh, given the what given what I know from you know from other people talking about like Frank and uh, Zach, like in their personalities and stuff. Uh, it seems like that this, this was kind of the only course of action for those type of guys that they would just kind of, you know, leave and leave loudly, no matter what had happened. Um, I mean, 
anyone who's got the clout that Infinity Ward and those guys had can get away with doing this kind of stuff. It doesn't mean like that. I don't think it's going to like empower smaller studios to be able to do the same, to, to do a similar type of thing or anything like that. Um, and, uh, by the way, just to, yeah. just to, uh, interject here about Frank, he actually left and he was one of the people who went to 343 industries. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think that this particular instance is going to affect the game industry in any way other than hopefully Respawn will put out some good games. Well, not, not only just this instance, but this kind of, tr I mean, like you said, we have seen this before. Um, and like it hasn't had that huge of an effect, I guess, because people will always flock to where the better games are. But this, I mean, just the, the the overall, I guess, the overall concept that does does it really matter anymore who's behind the game? Uh, you know it, what I mean? It kind of does. I mean, it's and that, that's that kind of one of the things that is. I want. Yeah. So, um, when you think about what happened in the past, like with Medal of Honor. Um, how the difference between Allied Assault and Men of Valor? I I, I don't even know if because I I don't play these games, so I don't know if Men of Valor is a Medal of Honor game. Is it? Uh, I don't know. I don't uh, think it was. Well, I, apparently, just because I know these two games from reading the Penny Arcade uh, comic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 2015 made Medal of Honor games, and the Correct. same people who went to um. Infinity Ward, and they're now right. the same people who are kind of right seem to be going to respawn. And the but, people who were left behind at 2015 went on to make Men of Valor, right. uh, which is not a Medal of Honor game because it, it was actually published by Sierra and Vivendi. Mm, okay, uh, but this was this the whole big thing about this why people actually cared about this was because it took place in Vietnam. I see, uh, and apparently the game was like nothing like Call of Duty. What not Call of Duty? Medal of Honor. Oh right, but the but but the the big comparison was against Call of Duty because of that really? history. Yeah, because oh, I mean, because the because team of the made, later made Call of Duty, right or something. Call I of think Duty those two, two came out right. at sim uh, at pretty much a similar time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the only reason that I mentioned uh, Medal of Honor and Men of Valor is because in the Penny Arcade comic, they were saying, uh, you know, Men of Valor is like. You know, these, this was made by the same guys who were at Medal of Honor, who made Medal of Honor. Yeah. And then uh, Gabe said, these guys must have lost their minds. And Tycho said, yeah, about 25 of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, I went to GameSpot to check Men of Valor. It's got a 7.9, which is a good score. And mm -hmm. the tag is, Men of Valor is a first-person shooter set in the Vietnam War. And it's good! Exclamation point. <laughs> and um, it's good. So this came out October 29, 2004. Wow, this all this type of stuff seems so long ago, but it was yeah. very recent. Like, I mean, a lot, and I know 2004 doesn't seem recent, but it, it feels like yesterday to me. Um, it feels like yesterday to me when I when I was thinking initially that this was maybe a game that came off a of PlayStation in like 2001. Right, and it actually was a a, a PC Xbox game. Right. Um, oh, Men of Valor came out a year after Call of Duty did. Call of Duty, which the original. Ah, uh, the original. The, yeah. the original Call of Duty was made by uh, Infinity, Infinity Ward. Infinity Ward, yes. Mm -hmm. they're the, they, that's why they're all like up in arms because they created the thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And then there was this. Uh, there was the reason why this intrigues me even more is just you know the whole back and forth. Not only not not only the industry implications or or, or lack thereof or or whether or not it's important that we know who's behind the game, um, but just this whole history between Infinity Ward and Activision, where. You know, Activision was just like, all right, we're going to basically guitar heroize Call of Duty and just make it a cash cow and totally, 
destroy its soul. And so Call of Duty 3, we're going to give to Treyarch because Infinity War, man, those guys need two years to develop a game, man. God damn it, we want our money now. So Treyarch, hey, here, do Call of Duty 3. By the way, also do Call of Duty 5, okay? And then next <laughs> year you're going to do Call of Duty 7 while these guys do 4 and 6. And, like, you know, I, I can't remember if it was Robert Bowling's blog or if it was something else, but, like, th th some of the Infinity Ward people would, j like, on their blogs would just come right out and, like, say nasty shit about Activision. Damn. And it's like, you kind of don't do that when they are the ones who are paying your bills, but at the same time, you kind of understand why. Because they're just dicking them over. Yeah, they're, they're not even just, maybe not even necessarily dicking them over, but saying, look, we are your publisher. We are going to take your baby and do whatever the hell we want to it. Give it to somebody else. Give it to somebody but else. But it sounds like they were done with their baby anyway. They didn't really want to make any more Call of Duty, is what it sounded like to me. Yeah, but, but that that's partially. That's now. To me, I think that's partially. years ago. Like, I, th I personally think it's because of what has transpired. Like, they pro like if Activision had probably waited, which it probably wouldn't have because, they, you know, they want to make money. You know, that's their right. But had they been like, all right, you know, okay, we've got Call of Duty 2. You've made Modern Warfare, and then you're going to make Modern Warfare 2 because they wanted to expand on it. And then Infinity War was like, you know what? We want to stop making this. And they're like, all right, fine. We'll you know, give this something else. But even if they had wanted to stop making it, given the lawsuit or the words in the lawsuit, and maybe this is just kind of hindsight after the fact, I'm bitter. The, you know, the, the underlying message to me says, hey, look, Modern Warfare is our brand, and you want control over it. And we don't want you to have control over it. Whether or not that means we want to stop making Modern Warfare games or we want to continue making Modern Warfare games or whatever, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, whatever, I think the underlying point is this is our IP. And if we want to do something with it, we will do it. And if you want to do something with it, you got to pay us. And, you know, you got to, you know, we have to have control over it, you know? And I guess that's another thing that I'm curious about is, is, are you safe if you are a developer that creates something so wonderful that a publisher just snatches it up and takes control over it? You know, are are you ever safe anymore? Um, before we go into that, I have something that I wanted to say that's analogous to the situation. Sure. Because I actually thought of something I could say. Um, first of all, I want to say I'm, I I just want to apologize real quick to Jason West and Vince Stampella, who are obviously listening to this podcast because I yes they are. <laughs> I misnamed them earlier when I made a statement. I think I called them Frank and Zach or something. <laughs> Um, yes, did. Exactly. I thought you were talking about Frank O'Connor from Bungie, and then and then Zach was someone else. I was like, huh? yeah, I don't know why I where those names came from. But anyway, yeah, Jason <laughs> wasn't But anyway, I was gonna say this in a way. Uh, it might seem kind of crazy, but it kind of reminds me of what happened with Jeff Gersman and GameStop. Yes, GameSpot. yes, that that that's another reason why I was interested because I was I, I'm not involved in it, but I was part of like as someone right. who you know is sort of like on the periphery. Yeah, and as like a community member of that site and stuff, and like just someone who cares more about like the journalism side of the game industry as opposed to the actual developers and publishers and things like that. Like I at least was more interested in what transpired there, but this seems sort of similar in which, you know, someone was claimed to be insubordinate or whatever and let go and right. Then, you know, other people in the company sort of followed him out the door. Um, now, as far as in another analogous situation, you know, Call of Duty now is staying with Infinity Ward. So whereas things that like Jeff and others helped create on games, spot you know like on the spot uh the uh the hot spot the podcast thing like all that stuff game spot as far as i know still runs those shows Correct. and like 
still does those things, but do they still have the same impact or do people still care about them in the way they used to? Um, I'm sure for a vast majority of people who visit that site and who had no idea and ha- had no idea who Jeff Gersman or the other people really were, like they just cared about the content that was on the show and not about the people. Um, right. So it, like, yeah, I think that this is the same similar si- situation with what's going on between you know these guys and and Activision. It's like the product has who, changed. Well, like people who are uh, in the know, like us and stuff, like care a little, care obviously about like what's going on with these guys and what they're gonna do, and like you know. It kind of sucks for them that their their IP is staying behind and all that. But like for the majority of gamers, especially gamers who are probably into Call of Duty and stuff like that, if another Call of Duty comes out next year and the year after and whatever, and isn't by you know these guys, they're not going to notice or care right. as long as the right. mechanics and the gameplay retains what has made Call of Duty Call of Duty. Right. There are two things that I want to touch on there. One is the GameSpot thing. One is is, is furthering the Call of Duty thing. And since we're still talking about COD, I, 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 I'll touch on that first. But um, the actually they, they actually are closer related, so I'll, so I'll try to mix both of them. And, and you made a great point about do people still care about the hot spot? Do people still care about on the spot when the personalities are gone? And I think that when you start talking, Al made a good point that yeah, the people who leave who leave the studio, they're the brains behind the game. However, the studio is not completely dismantled, and Robert Bowling, I believe, is still there, as far as I know. And so when some of the creative minds who are still in that studio have enough influence over the development of the game, like, direction-wise. Like, Hideo Kojima, if if he gutted his entire Metal Gear Solid 4 team and then built it from the ground up to make Metal Gear Solid Alpha Beta 5000 crazy-ass storyline FMV forever... I can't wait for that game. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would probably feel the same because the the creative mind behind it, or one of the creative minds behind it that, that had so much directorial impact on it is still there. If some of the Infinity War team is still there then it will probably still be okay. And by all rights, I heard that Call of Duty World at War was actually a pretty good game. Call of Duty 3, not very good. I didn't think it was that great. I could tell it wasn't really an Infinity War product. It was a eh, you know. But, I mean, if you still have that influence there, if you have some kind of direction there where the end product is kind of masking the people behind it, I, I don't... And, and the reason why I bring this up is because I think it's a little sad that, you know... It's good for the people who like Call of Duty and can be kind of guaranteed that they will have a very similar experience. It's sad for those who created it and kind of put their blood into it, you know, their 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 blood, sweat, and tears into it. And then it's kind of like it's kind of commoditized in the end because, you know, their influence kind of passes down. Now, something like Jeff Gershman and Vinnie Caravella and uh, Ryan Davis on the hot spot, okay, not being there anymore. Those are the voices of those. Are, they are the product. You know what I mean? They don't just make the product, but they are the product. So, see, it, I think though for a lot of people, like like a majority of games, GameSpot's uh, communities and and users and stuff, that they they may not have been the product. The product might have just been a podcast from this website that I like to frequent about video games. And uh, I don't know because I mean, as far as I've heard from, but other that people, is the product though. I mean, it is like like yes, the idea is a podcast about the games and depending on who the consumer is it doesn't matter what the product comprises as long as it delivers on key points but that doesn't mean that like the product has changed it regardless of you know what it means to you you know what i mean like if i guess podcasts are a bit different though because like pod, people who listen yeah. to podcasts are very into the industry <laughs> right but i mean even even without um even without the people who care about the personalities, my whole my whole point is that they still, 
the product is still defined by the personalities on there, whether or not the people care about the personalities. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like if if twenty four, let's not use twenty four. Let's say Fringe, okay? If Fringe, all of us, or or Lost, even if if Lost, all of a sudden changed its cast of characters, it is still Lost, right? It is still it's Lost. Definitely Lost. Yeah, <laughs> zing. <laughs> it's yeah. it's still Lost. You still get the core storyline, but the product has invariably changed. It is comprised of a different set of people who convey the ideas and the writing in a different way with different characteristics because they are different characters. The product has changed when the idea has remained the same. So that kind of similar thing happens with a podcast where with, with a game, I think that it's, you know, with, with a, 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 a tangible product as, as opposed to one that's driven by the personalities behind it, I think that there's a way around that. You know what I mean? There, there is a way to kind of inherit their ideas and put it to use, whereas unless you are a very talented actor and completely don't care anything about originality, you don't want to be the same person as someone else. You don't want to yeah. borrow their shit. You want to be like, he, you know, Matthew Fox was the past. I'm Justin Bieber, and I'm a better actor than he is. <laughs> you know? Fuck Justin Bieber, by the way. No. Um, you know what I mean? So I think that, would... that with, with GameSpot, it was, it was very much a, a, a do people care about it? Yes, I think they still do. I think you you raised a great point about like maybe people don't care about the personalities, whether or not it's a different product. I don't think they care. Like I I don't think they do because they they still get plenty of viewers. Uh, they changed up how they did on the spot, but they still do it. Um, Brian Eckbert is it, was hosting it for a while, and I I still like that guy. So I mean they they still have some semblance yeah. of what they used to be, but it, it definitely isn't the same. Right. Uh. Yeah. I mean I think we're both just kind of agreeing in the same in, yeah. to, to the same point in a different way. Yeah. Uh. I, as as far as your loss explanation goes i would just say that instead of using the term cast or uh yeah you said cast i would say instead of the cast being changed it'd be the it'd be analogous to the, the crew writers. being changed yeah oh, the cr- uh yeah if the writers the, changed yeah i mean that it depends that, yeah Go that ahead. would be the same situation right. like because the the creative property in a way stays the same but right. who's making it has right. changed and they can kind of still be like all right let's look to past seasons for how our predecessors directed and wrote and paced the storyline, and we can kind of cobble it together, you know. So that would be more analogous to the Infinity War situation, whereas the podcast situation is more like the actors changing. So yeah, I think Al had something to say. Yeah, sorry, yes, uh, Al. Uh, while you guys were talking about all this stuff, I was thinking about the whole argument of this is our baby, or um, we own this, or something like that, where you were speaking between Infinity War and Activision. And I just kind of like looked up the trademark uh, to see who owns the, I guess, the intellectual property of Call of Duty and Modern Warfare. And Activision owns them both. So do you think that that really means that Infinity Ward really can't say anything about what Activision wants to do with the direction of, uh, of the franchise? Because Infinity Ward actually doesn't own it. They just produce it. I see that. That's what I don't know. That's why I'm. I'm. I really wish I knew more about the lawsuit that Zampello and West are, are filing. Because I mean, like, look at the verbiage again. It's and let mm-hmm. me go back to it. Um, where is it? Oh my God, where is this? Uh, I gotta scroll up more. Okay. Um, Activision seized control of the Infinity Ward studio to which Activision had previously granted creative control over all Modern Warfare branded games. So that doesn't specify mm, whether direction. Create, yeah, creative, creative control. control. So I don't know if that means that, hey, this is still yours. Or it means we own it now, but you are the people who decide what to do with it. Which kind of makes no sense because if I own something, 
Like, no matter what kind of creative control I grant over to someone else, at any time, I can take it back because I own that shit. Right. So, and, and not being a lawyer, I don't know how that works. Right. And, and the you know? whole thing is, like, you know, the the guys at Infinity Ward got fired for insubordination, which it, insubordination could just be like, oh, you don't talk back to me like that, and then you talk back right, again. Right. You're fired. <laughs> You fired. See, here's what here's what I think Jeff Gershman was saying, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, because I, I don't remember entirely. His theory was that, um, like, call the the Call of Duty and Modern Warfare, like like Activision was 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 you know discussing how to handle it, and they wanted to do certain things with with making it an annual thing or whatnot. And then uh, we're, they were like, "Are we ready to do this?" And like, "Yeah, let's go do it." And then you know, Wes and Zampella were just like, "No, we don't. No." I don't. I don't like that idea. No. And so Activision is just like, "Are you challenging our authority?" If yeah, they so, basically, we're like, "We're going to do this." Are you with? Are us you or on board? Us? Right. Yeah. Right. Are you on board with this? Because if you're not, later, because wow. we own this now. So that's what I think. That that's what his theory is, and that, that sounds very plausible. Yeah. Um, and again, I've also heard that they did, they just wanted to be done with the Call right. of Duty. Like, they wanted to make something else. Right, and they're like, yo, let's do something else. And they're like, no, we kind of own you, so we're going to make you do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, the stupidest thing ever. It's like, if they made such an amazing franchise, why not let them try to see if they can make you another right. amazing franchise? And you know if you why? really, really wanted to milk it, give it to Treyarch. But the, then again, that, that, that may affect the quality of the game. It's, 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 right. it's so circular because you give it to Treyarch, you affect the quality of the game. You piss off the guys at Infinity Ward or you fire them, you affect the quality of the game. So it's like... I don't know. It's 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 a hard situation. Al, you were saying something. I'm sorry. I was gonna say that's the thing. Um, you know, they're a business, so why would they want to take a chance? Correct. On giving Infinity Ward a new IP when they are they know they're gonna make money if they just make another one next year of the right. same IP that was successful last year. It, but it's, see, that's the yeah. thing. They re- they they seem to have realized that. I would hope that they realize that they fucked up Tony Hawk. They fucked up Guitar Hero. Like, why not just not fuck up Call of Duty 2? Well, I don't that's understand. the thing. They fucked up Tony Hawk and they fucked up Guitar Hero. So now they need something to fill its place. Yeah. And Call of Duty is like the only thing they have left now. Besides World of Warcraft, which... Right. Oh, see, this is you another thing. You know what this thing. reminds me of? Yeah. I just watched, last yesterday, I watched the episode of South Park where it's like from season 5 or meh, something. Meh, where... meh, meh, meh. <laughs> Where Cartman gets a million dollars and buys his own theme park, and I never saw like, that one. He's on top of the world because he has everything he wants, and then he completely like has to like he has to start making concessions to uh, be able to like afford his theme park and whatever. And like eventually, he just like he ke- he keeps making like all these concessions and stuff, and like just keeps like uh, doing all these bad things, and like basically gets knocked back down to lower than what he was before, mm. and. It's not entirely the same, but it's like that's what Activ- Activision, you know, is like has become the leading uh, game publishing company, and now they're just making all these fuck ups and stuff. In doing and, so, yeah, yeah, and they're going to like knock themselves down. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, the I, empire's crumbling from within. I wonder how you know how much of an impact World of Warcraft has on this. Like, how 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 long they can rely on that? Well, I'm you know, they say that, that uh, World I, of Warcraft. Sorry, what used to be first. I was going to say, I wonder if Blizzard, if people at Blizzard are sitting there going, G- guys, we, maybe we should you know, <laughs> start thinking about yeah. this relationship. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I, I, do, I did read something about Activision trying to take more of a 
role in Blizzard, which is kind of like a uh uh oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. But it's a huge uh oh. The thing about World of Warcraft is like it's such a steady stream of income, and they it's almost like a double-edged sword. It's like, yes, the, the the greatest steady stream of income ever, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, it's like, we got to make sure that this is tip-top and that nothing fucks up with it because if something right. does and we lose this steady stream of income, we're fucked. Right. So, okay, so I think that as far as Activision messing up all that shit, I don't see Call of Duty, duty necessarily going down that path particularly because, one, the Guitar Hero thing was just absolutely saturated. Like, it's like beyond all belief, okay? It came out on multiple platforms, including DS, okay? And not only did they have Guitar Hero 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, they had Guitar Hero Van Halen, they had Guitar Hero Metallica, they had Guitar Hero Aerosmith, you know? And Mm. so then, like, you know, putting all that shit out is just, like, ridiculous. And then they had Guitar Hero Modern Hits, they had Guitar Hero... A, I don't know what the, what the on other tour. game was for the for the DS on tour, right? So it's like they it's really, really, really saturated. Call of Smash Duty hits. at this point, yeah. Call of Duty at this point is still oh, Smash Hits is still only um, annual. But you notice that Guitar Hero got saturated after it got taken away from Harmonix and you know became a property and Correct. Went to Ner- NeverSoft. Uh, that is a good point. Now, if Activision retains the Call of Duty name, what's to stop them from making oh, Call of shit. Duty? Oh, shit. You just reminded well, me. they are going to retain it because they you just own remi- it. You just reminded me. They're going to make that stupid action-adventure game in the Call of Duty name. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, so I go. totally reversed my stance now. Now I'm worried. <laughs> Call of Duty DIY. That'll be, that'll be the DS. <laughs> make your own war. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, make war, not love. Make war. Uh-oh. But don't I say that too loud. They might take it. Oh jeez, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I don't wish failure upon anybody, but I think Activision needs to be taken down a peg, because a huge peg. Because I don't know if if anybody remembers, I you know me and my irrational hatred for EA back in the day. Okay, mm-hmm. after that shit happened, I had it they, too. Yeah, we both had it, and then like it it kind of fell, and then um, it's. Like, it has a lot of games that I really like or are really interested in now. Like, back in the day, Burnout was the only thing I cared about. And I was like, that's not enough for me to buy EA games. And I was pissed off when Criteria, Criterion got purchased by EA because they were right. making Burnout for, for a, you claim. Know, a claim. Yeah. And I was like, they fucking stole this shit! And, that, you know, <laughs> that that's when I really started to hate them wow, because they started sucks. taking all of the franchises that I liked. And then they started to yeah. iterate on them. And but I was but you like, know what the thing God. is? The thing is that EA ended up, you know, showing me right because yeah. it's like, all right, oh, I forgot, Rocks the eighties. <laughs> oh God! The, like you know, it, so EA was like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna basically just take this, but we're going to nurture it, and we're going to give Criterion the money they need to make a great game, and they did it. Yeah, they did. They we're really going to did that we're well. going to support something like Dead Space. We're going to support the Wii. They do a great job with it, but we're going to put out. An SSX game for the Wii because people want it. Mm-hmm. We're going to um, try to improve NBA Live, which I heard they did, and I will not judge them for the le- recent NBA Lives, but that, that was one of the sticking points with me was basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're, gonna, uh, we're going to try to innovate with Command & Conquer, and they tried to innovate with Command & Conquer for everybody hates it, but at least they give it a shot, you know? <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I'm not even like interested in Command and Conquer 4 uh, mainly because like Command and Conquer 3 has so many 
issues that really I, I, well, I, I haven't played enough to know my main issue with Command and Conquer 3 is oh, just shit. that they will do absolutely nothing about the FMVs and of course with uh, Command and Conquer it's a cinematic game like that was yeah. what drew me to it and if you have an NVIDIA card the FMVs run slower than the audio so oh, you, you I see. get okay, no sync so I'm screwed it sucks yeah because I, I used to have an ATAC and I, oh great um, so I don't even want 4 now I can't even really, really play 3 I mean, granted, that that's not the game that's slowing down, but still, it's like half of my right. enjoyment. So, I, I, I guess we'll leave this off because we're running out of time, um, and I, I think we're going over. I actually was supposed to have been yeah. done 10 minutes ago, but I did want to, because uh, I know Al wanted me to uh, contribute to some things from last week. Um, Aspro had a question about when do you decide is enough is enough when you're playing a game that you really stop having fun with, and like you, like you do you go and finish it? When do you decide to not finish it? I think... There's always a stopping point for me in a game, whether it be due to the quality or my own misgivings or my own foibles. So I think Puzzle Quest was one of those games where I just put down after halfway through and I said, I had my fill. I am quite satisfied with this game. I enjoyed this. I'm glad that I bought this. I'm going to play something else now. And then later I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? I don't think, like, this is maybe a month later. I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to pick up Puzzle Quest again. I've had my fill. Let me sell it back. This was only about halfway through the game, mind you. So I, it, for me, it's really when I am happy with something. And the reason why I tend to finish games when I do, and I don't finish games very often, but I always strive to, is because a lot of the times I'm not happy until I finish a game. Not, not that I'm not happy, but I'm not, not satisfied. satisfied until I finish it. It's like I, there is still stuff left for me to do. This is why I play God of War in such a short amount of time, because it keeps on egging you on to get more and do just keep on getting more, and you're not satisfied until you've killed everything in your path, which is Kratos, basically. And yep. that's how come I finish it in like two days. Um... What else was there? Like, there was Worms. Okay, I finished all the single-player things in Worms, and then there was, like, plenty of multiplayer to play. I'm like, y you know what? Eh, I'm happy. I'm satisfied. Um, Oblivion. Okay, I could never play that game again if I so chose, and I wouldn't be <laughs> upset about it. But I will have had my satisfactory fill of it because whenever I played it... And, and mind you, I haven't even, like, gotten to the second Oblivion gate, okay? There are, like, seven or eight of those. I can't remember. But, Just like, three. I've... <laughs> three. Oh, is it? I don't. I don't even know. Yeah, All I know is I've only, I've only played it for like six or not even six, maybe five hours. You play longer than I have. I'm, I'm <laughs> still like itching to play. I'm like, I need to get to level two. Yeah, but like I've been playing for five hours, right? And I'm like, I don't ever have to play this game ever again. Not because it's bad. Not because it's it's. Um, I'm tired of it, but just because like what I've played of it, I've gotten out of it like so much enjoyment in those little five hours. That um, I'm kind of like, you know what? Like I said, I don't ever have to play it again. I could. I don't think I ever will. But, you know, it's just that... And maybe this is this speaks to how how good I think this game is. Is that in those five hours of doing almost nothing, that's kind of what I bought it for. I bought it to roam around, kill shit, maybe level up a little bit, wander into caves, explore, uh, try to charm townspeople or whatever and just mess around like I didn't care about the story I was just like you know what I'm having fun riding on a horse I'm on a horse and it doesn't have any armor <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> but you know like like, and that's all I needed out of it like it's like this is a great game because I don't have to do anything in it I can just kind of chill like fuck the sims this is that type of game that this is a type of casual game for me even though it's not casual 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To me, casual for me, casual is just saying, I don't have to really pay attention to this. I can just absorb the experience. Yeah. So and and so it, it's it's kind of weird. So there's a positive reason for not finishing a game, and there's a negative one. And the negative one you guys have already covered. It's True. when you stop having fun with it. And the positive for me is just like, you know, this game has made me happy enough that I don't need to touch it again. Awesome. You know, it's it's yeah. You made me want to sell Puzzle Quest now. Sell what? Puzzle Quest. I already did. Uh, no, you made Puzzle me want to sell mine. Out. Oh, I made you. <laughs> because I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, I'm really not going to play this game again. Yeah. And, it, and it's Puzzle not Quest even 2 gonna is going to be coming out. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, I, I don't want to play Puzzle Quest 2. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, if I'm going to play Bejeweled, I think I'll play, like, uh, uh, fuck, what's the name of the game in Plants vs. Zombies? Uh, be gold, uh, be gold, be gold. Yeah, I'd I'd rather play that. Yeah. Uh, but I I I think we've hit our our, our stopping point. So um, we're gonna do the pimpage as we usually do. Pete, you live digitally. Where can we find your binary? Oh, so many places. YouTube.com/slash/riven. YouTube.com/slash/riven. Facebook.com/slash/riven. Facebook.com/slash/riven. Twitter.com/slash/riven. Twitter.com/slash/riven. And since we were talking about Super Shifter Two HD Turbo Remix. Uh, oh, I totally fucked that up. Damn it. Actually, I think you, oh, you did. You, said, no, you, you got it right. No, no Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Turbo HD, HD Remix. Oh, HD. I, I, I reversed Turbo and HD. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, either way, uh, G, GS Space Ribbon on Xbox Live if you want to throw down some... some yeah. Some That's HD a white remix. space, not the word space, by the way, for anyone who thinks it's the word Cor- space. Correct. Space. Ow. That, that, that's it. <laughs> you can find me digitally at xlm2k.blogspot.com. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to repeat me. I was like, wait for it. Oh, yes, xlm2k.blogspot.com. Yeah, uh, twitter.com slash dredmage. Uh, letter D, redmage. And, D-redmage! Uh, Facebook. Twitter.com slash dredmage. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Facebook.com slash dantipode, is it? No, xlm2k. Oh, oh, okay. Facebook.com slash XLM2K.com. Uh, no, wait. That's, there's no dot com. No, not dot com. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, if you want, like, my information, like, go to my GameStop. Stop. Like, GameSpot page. Uh, <laughs> who, who really cares about that at this point? I mean, I just posted, actually, uh, four months from the four-month uh, delay that I did before. And that's... On GameSpot? Uh, what is that? GameSpot.com slash users slash T-H-E underscore Antipode. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Another four months later, LOL. Ah, I see. Ha-ha. That's it. DrFishyPants.com. Oh, Friend of the site. He's a fish and a pant. Austin, what's your Twitter and stuff? Oh, yeah. Twitter.com slash M-R-C-H-U-P-O-N. The letter, letter o. o, not the number zero. Twitter.com slash Mr. Tupac. Twitter.com slash Mr. Tupac. And uh, I'm not public on Facebook, so you can't see me there. But uh, you can also join our Facebook group. It's trygames.net. Just look for it. You should be able to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to shout out Maurice Mo, who was a guest on our podcast for the e- for the PAX. I almost said E3 for the PAX thing. <laughs> you can go to his blog, www.everyoneloves.dinosaurs.com. All Word. one word. And uh, you can also go to www.sharkversusoctopus.com. All one word, the verses is spelled out. So repeat. Uh, yeah, bye. And uh, I miss Tony for the law discussions. Boom. For Al. <laughs> <laughs> is that your double dragon laugh? No, more dra- double dragon is like. <laughs> 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 Uh, 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 uh.
Sorry, go ahead. I'm done. Oh, you know. I've been your host, Austin. We're done. Gone. Peace. Out. Oh, my mailbag. <laughs>